ignorant slut. It's See For Yourself, the only podcast where after defeating the assassin you sent to kill us, we make them part of our family. I am your host, the unholy combination of a rum and coke, a screwdriver, and a mojito into one nightmarish beverage, and I am joined today by... Half a bagel. That's it. Just half a bagel. What what happened to the other half? I fucking uh, couldn't tell you. How come we have to have a whole bagel? Sometimes I feel like half a bagel is just like the perfect amount of bagel. Well, bagels are a lot of food, to be honest with you. But uh, as you say half a bagel, I can't help but uh, find myself pondering. Aren't we all? <laughs> Aren't we all? Never, never gets any less funny, does it? I mean, fucking, I'm trying to think of something where it wouldn't be funny, and I just can't. <laughs> that's your challenge now. I have to find something that's completely unrelatable. I have a movie here for you today. No. What? Hey, you're in You're in the, the Sea for Yourself. Oh, fuck, that's right. That's the podcast I'm on today. You're in the Sea for Yourself patented TM circle with a C in the middle of it, copyrighted electric chair that, that shocks you anytime you're not watching a movie, so I expect you to want this movie something fierce. I feel like if I ever had something copyrightable, I would want to put every one of those, like the, the little TM, the little R in the circle, the little C in the circle. What else? What else do we got? What is it? The IIRC or whatever? Yeah, I, I think it's LLC is what you were trying yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> LLC. <laughs> if I recall, what you're thinking of is LLC. The movie for today's episode, the movie that will save you from the electric shock of the, uh, the see for yourself patented electric chair that shocks you only whenever you're not watching a movie. The movie for today is The Happiness of the Katakuris. Have you seen this movie? No. I have not either. Oh, okay. It came out in either 2001 or 2002. Maybe it was made in 2001 and then finally got released in 2002. Seems unclear. I'm, I'm getting both as an answer for this. Maybe it was, uh, you know, December 2001. And I'll go ahead and read you the blurb of it so we can get through all these requirements for the, the, the this horrifying checklist that the monkey on my back is like screeching at me to go through. Like, you have to, you have to ask if he's already seen. You have to say. So the blurb is as follows. Guests mysteriously die at a mountain inn run by a family of oddballs who then take drastic measures to avoid bad publicity surrounding the deaths. Okay. I know we both haven't seen the movie and I know when it comes to people dying and the, the title has happiness in it, for some reason, immediately when I'm like, happiness, people dying, it's gotta be Weekend at Bernie's. It's just Weekend at Bernie's, right? <laughs> Clearly. I mean, honestly, I was gonna do the thing where I give you my best based off the title before we do the blurb and I had originally thought that the Katakuris were some sort of, uh, you know, like, it's like Gremlins. It's uh, just the name. Uh, is this an American film? Oh, absolutely not. Oh, yeah, I didn't think so. So the, it's uh, Katakuris. It's a Japanese film. Yeah. No, 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 that, yeah. no, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I thought you were just stating that as a matter of fact. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm fucking. <laughs> you said you had so much confidence. You were like, it's a Japanese film. And I was like, he is correct. I, I will say nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I was. Uh, no, we're still in prediction mode. So I uh, originally thought the Katakuris were some sort of gremlin thing, which I'm sure if I was aware of Japanese folklore would be... Oh, yes, the Katakuris, obviously. It's like, you know, they got the, the guy with the eyeball for a butthole and Katakuris, and it's like, yeah, just everyday run-of-the-mill shit. What, what I'm hearing from you is that you think that Japanese people are horrifying monsters? <laughs> Clearly. So, yeah, I thought the Katakuris would be, like, a little gremlin thing. Now I'm unsure if the happiness of the Katakuris is, uh, like, the, it's the family, you know, the, the good old old Katakuris in, in their in their bed and breakfast that they run. And as I say that, why can't it be both? Maybe maybe they're named after the little forest gremlin thing. After hearing the, the title and the blurb, I feel like it's in reference to like how they have to do something drastic to protect themselves from bad publicity. So they're they're defending their happiness, right? They're defending their well-being. What is the point of the movie? The point is the happiness of the Katakuris is, is the point, is, is what's important, you know? Mm. They have to defend themselves from 
bad publicity. And I think that's like, that idea is very real to today's world. So much of what we do is just like, oh, I've got to avoid bad publicity no matter what. It's it's the worst thing that can happen to me. I don't want to get canceled. Uh, this is basically just a movie about like, oh, what if I get canceled? Uh. Oh, God. So I <laughs> I was thinking about how it, it's, it's probably like uh, my, my realistic take on the plot is that uh, they've got this bed and breakfast up in the mountains or whatever. And the Katakuris, the family, are named such because, uh, you know, going back for generations, they've had to feed the Katakuris, the gremlins, in order to, I don't know, something, something uh, generational wealth. But I think it would be very funny if uh, it was actually your take. It's like, no, no, please. And then the the, the Katakuri gremlins come out and they're like, I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, you didn't feed us innocent bystanders. So, and they take out their little phone and they get on Twitter. I don't think the internet will be referenced in this at all, but I do think that, like, it'll be like, um, what's that one movie where it's like... <sighs> I can't remember. It's it's like people are afraid of like other people finding out that they're uncouth in some way. Like, oh no, like keeping up with the Joneses, you know, like, oh no, I'm scared that like uh, the, the Robinsons down the street will find out that we uh, eat at a restaurant on Sundays. Like, oh, <laughs> right. They can't possibly know that we have a 50 inch TV because, uh, you know, they'll think that we're lavishly spending our money on, on useless goods. But this was actually just a gift from like a, a friend who, you know, uh, recently came into some money and, and then and they owed us one so they gave us this tv that we didn't even want god dude i'm telling you man there is no like there's no better time period to put like a political or social commentary film in than the 1950s i'm telling you there's nothing that cannot be talked about through the lens of like 1950s ridiculousness i i'm glad you bring up the ridiculousness because i was trying to think of i i was trying to think of like some hot button topics today you know fucking uh, transgender rights and stuff like that and uh i'm i'm a immediately like reminded of um i don't know what movie it's from but it's this black and white bit where they're like uh i don't know i'm on a speedboat or something like that and the guy's like I, well we can't punk it's a it's a, a man dressed up as a woman and then the man driving some like the it boat. hot is that what it is some like it hot the name of the movie is some like it hot yes and i just i i think it's the it's the ideal of acceptance when they get to the end of the bit and it's like no you don't you don't get it i'm a man and he's like well nobody's perfect yeah and then the movie ends right there the shift in public idea between like you have to find your soulmate you're like perfect person and if things aren't perfect right now you just gotta put up with it and it's fine to like hey you gotta find somebody who's nice to you and if they're imperfect then that's okay but like if they treat you poorly that's where we draw the line like the shift the, the shift in those two paradigms almost on their heads you know and now in society we're a lot more you know uh, uh, towards what it seems like uh, Some Like It Hot was trying to argue for it at the end there yeah the movie is Some Like It Hot Some Like It Hot is considered one of the greatest scripts of all time. I haven't seen the movie. I've only seen the bit. So uh, tell me why. I've, I've thought about having the movie for the podcast, especially this season when we're kind of trying to do older movies. And we've done a very poor job of this, so it's whatever. But I wanted to do this with you, but I felt like it was the kind of movie that you might have heard of. I want to do it with somebody who has no clue about somehow. They have no idea what it's about. or anything. Um, And I know that I've mentioned it to you once or twice, or I've, uh, you know, just being around me kind of ruins like the, the popular kind of movies. And I have to pull out shit like that happiness of the katakuris that like quote unquote nobody has ever heard of uh, just just below the waterline of the iceberg as we mentioned last episode but yeah uh do you think we've we've had some other japanese movies on the podcast uh in the past so you've been you've been indoctrinated into this idea even one of the one of the movies was your idea you had this this plan to watch itchy the killer and now we're watching another japanese film a lot of the japanese films we've watched have had like some strange element to them something weird that just feels very not anywhere else but japan what's that weird element gonna be 
in this movie because the, the 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 plot sounds so normal. It just sounds like a regular thing, you know. Hey, we don't want people finding out people are dying at our hotel. We gotta do something to make sure that we don't get any bad press about this. That's such a that's like a 1990s like romp kind of thing. I don't know. Oh, for sure. Like, what if um? So I'm thinking that what if uh the 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 hotel or whatever fucking is it a hotel or did I just make that up? It's an inn, so hotel is it's okay. synonymous. So I imagine that this is for tourists. Like, so I'm thinking the uh the, the thing here is gonna be that like uh you know in front of all the tourists they do like the the kimono and like the the wooden sandals and the and the you know very very stereotypically traditional Japanese things. But in their off time, it's just like they've got fucking uh t -sh like a Coca-Cola t-shirt on or some shit like that. Mm, I do love the shameless product placement too. I don't even know what genre this movie is in. I'm not gonna look at it right now. I just assumed it was horror because uh that's like your thing and yeah 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 i, I should assume that it's a buddy cop movie because that's your thing really? exactly <laughs> i've i know i've put that on you you've never really told me like these are the types of movies i prefer i just have latched on to that time where you were like god i really love the police chief character like every time i've ever seen a police chief and he's just yelling at the guys and he's like do your job god damn it and he gets just he gets ang the angrier he is the crazier he is the wackier he is the more i love it and so oh, i yeah. put this on you and i don't know if you're like i really do love buddy cop films but every time we do watch a buddy cop movie on the podcast you do seem to like it so i i don't know no that's that's perfectly fine as a matter of fact i think i should put it on myself to try and craft my predictions around everything being a buddy cop movie <laughs> so so like i i know that blurb makes this out to be a horror movie but le like uh let's let's just let's see here real quick the people running this in are actually undercover cops jesus yes uh, <laughs> and uh and the the bad publicity they actually want no publicity because uh they're actually well-known cops and in the, in the modern internet era for sure somebody would immediately go on to reddit and be like D damn it those people who are at who are pretending to be traditional japanese hotel owners are actually fucking lieutenant yakimura and and uh samurai cop was there too <laughs> I uh I like that idea a lot. I like the idea of, of Lieutenant Yakamura and uh and Captain Joe Marshall. <laughs> John yeah. Uh uh just uh just running this precinct out of an inn where they're undercover, but like it, it works as a, a a police precinct and it's kinda of Oh, just it's a full on it's 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 a hotel in in like appearance, but it still has like the comings and goings of a of a fucking police department. Like they've a, got the a, guys a doing paperwork and the guy getting yeah. fingered printed at the front desk and yeah 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 and then as soon as like at somebody that they don't recognize is coming up they're like oh shit shit put it away put it away put it away and they just like, <laughs> all the tables and they're like they're like oh hello sir and it's it becomes a continental breakfast yeah they're like oh hello sir uh how, how can we help you today and he's like uh uh mushy mushy uh one uh, uh room for the, the evening and and they're just like oh yes of course sir will that be a, a penthouse suite or uh would you like the the regular package and they're just like he's probably a drug smuggler fucking we need surveillance in his room <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And the people who are dying are that like, this isn't even like a, uh, maybe these are like cops who have taken it like too far and they've started this like side business where instead of like letting these criminals like do their, cr once they prove the guy's doing a crime, they kill him themselves. And they're like, yeah, vigilante justice, go. And like that, the real cops are starting to hone in on him. They're like, oh God, shit, shit, shit. Or maybe that maybe the guys, uh, the, the people dying are actually like crucial to some sort of court case. It's like, oh, you know, we, we could have got them, but, um, oh God, who's the guy who definitely didn't kill him? 
themselves. I think that was Yakimura. It was Yakimura. Fucking Epstein. Oh, so oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's getting Epsteined up in there, and they're like, "God damn it, we gotta figure out who's Epsteining these." Oh god, fucking can Epstein be a verb? Like I think in this day and age, Epstein can be a verb. So fucking people keep on uh, fucking Epsteining our fucking crucial criminal apprehensions, and so we gotta figure out what's going on. And it's uh, obviously gonna be the Yakuza who fucking do that, right? I I guess uh, now we we could even take it to a place where it's like this isn't uh, these aren't vigilantes killing the people. This is the what do they call it? Witness protection program hideout. Yeah. If you're in like a transitionary phase and you're like taken to your actual secret identity where you go after you've snitched on somebody, but they keep dying there. So of course the cops are like, God, our fucking death rates are crazy here. How do the how do they keep getting assassinated in here? And maybe they're not getting assassinated. They're just dying of like uh, an accident or something. They slip in the in the shower, but it looks like they got like strangled or something. You know? Right. It's like oh god, somebody poisoned his coffee, and actually it's like the guy was just an idiot and ate a mushroom that was growing on the back of the place. Yeah, like he he like oh hey look this unlabeled like. <laughs> This unlabeled bottle underneath the sink. Uh, must be gin. I'll pour it into my coffee. I could use a little. And it's just bleach. <laughs> it's, just, it's just bad milk. He goes to the fridge. Expired. It's probably fine. Yeah, yeah. And so they're like, oh, God, oh, God. If the police chief finds out about this, we're screwed. <laughs> oh, and then they weekend at Bernie's all the fucking dead criminals. <laughs> It's just weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> I like the idea that the Katakuris is not maybe maybe it is the name of the family. Like that's how they throw us off the scent. But at the end of the film, it's realized that like uh, the reason they don't want bad publicity coming to the mountainside inn is that the inn is built on top of the mouth of a giant monster. The, the mountain isn't a mountain; it's a giant monster that they live on the back of, where the, mm. the face the face of, and right where the mouth is, they built an inn like not knowing. And the monster is like, I will allow you to continue to be here but you have to feed me people so that's what they do they don't want bad publicity coming their way because then people will find out they're living on this this katakuri monster it's just a big mountain yeah it's just a big mountain with a mouth in it you know and maybe he's like the king of the katakuris and he'll he's like i'll tell all my people about this and they'll come and they'll you know they'll beat you up mountain style Mount, mountain <laughs> st they all know mountain style kung fu <laughs> i also love the idea of mountain style kung fu as if you would need any kind of martial art as a mountain right <laughs> it's just the one move it's <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just stepping on the other guy <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, clearly we've dialed it in. Like, if this isn't the movie, they fucked up. So are we are we calling it at uh, either buddy cop comedy involving, like, wacky antics with a dead body or horror movie where, like, a mountain demon monster thing is, like, extorting a family to, like, murder people? I mean, fucking, yeah. Both of these are great movies. I think it's great, even if we take it, like, very seriously. Like, even if we're like, let's take away all the comedic elements and just replace them with, like, it's a hard drama about cops, like, doing their serious work but like they're undercover the whole time and they're really trying to save these 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 people who are uh going into witness protection or they're really trying to bust these like drug lords who happen to go through this in a lot you know that's still a cool movie or the the opposite where it's like it's a horror where this monster is extorting this family and they're scared and they don't know what to do and they have to do this really mortifying thing it's so dark and gruesome and oh god how are they gonna get out of this those are also good movies oh yeah <laughs> we've written pitch ideas that work both ways are we getting we're we getting better at this i feel like we're getting better this <laughs> no we've just always been great at it we do we do do a really poor job in some episodes of not even doing the like the wacky prediction thing yeah we just we just kind of are like so it's about this that means they'll do this instead of like <laughs> but what could it be let's write an entire five minute elevator pitch for this right real fast right in front of us and that's that's ideally what we're supposed to do right i mean i'm, I'm having a blast with it like fucking uh problem is we're giving away all these good ideas for free i'm telling you if i if i fucking end up seeing a buddy cop mountain demon movie on the 
market in uh i was gonna say like next week but like clearly it's gonna take more than a week to make any competent move <laughs> in the year 2050 yeah basically if i ever see this then i'm just gonna be like i, I want much in case you're wondering how intellectual property works as far as hollywood is concerned basically you have a legitimate case for this as long as you have made it clear that you did express this idea like this is an idea you came up with right i have to wait i have to ex explicitly mention that this idea was mine in order no no no. like if, if it is public knowledge that you came up with this idea so like if if they like invite you to like a writer's room or whatever and you're like well here's my pitch and everyone else in the writer's room i guess they would all have to lie and say no he didn't pitch that idea it was the other guy that was in the writer's room then i guess you're kind of fucked because everybody who was there for you to pitch the idea is claiming that you didn't but like it's pretty hard to dispute like yeah in the year uh 2023 this guy pitched this idea and then in the year 2050 when his you know the podcast started having a lot of like listeners somebody made this idea that he pitched you know 20 some odd years later then yeah you can claim that you had you can do that you can take that to court because intellectual property ownership relies pretty heavily on i had the idea first and this is how we know these people can you know you can prove it by these different things and sometimes that's witness testimony but expressing the idea is what you know you know gives you the rights to it basically if you mm. just say out loud in front of like if you're in a, an elevator with a hollywood executive and you're just like hey this would be a really cool idea for a show and then they go and make that show if the other people in the elevator are honest about you pitching it to him on that day and then him taking it in a year later making it into a tv show you can get your your like rights to the the money from that well shit the problem is our court system is very imperfect in this way and obviously he's going to claim no oh, i don't even remember i don't even that's why it is the flimsiest argument in the world for somebody to be like i've never even seen this man before <laughs> especially when other people are like no i was literally there you were in the elevator with him you know you'll, you'll see this all the time where like as soon as somebody makes an allegation against somebody else they're like i've never even heard of this person before and then other people are like no we can prove that you've met them right well thank god we've got this uh documented for future generations to uh pay me for, for this brilliant idea that uh i think it's worth uh you know it's definitely worth a buck you know fucking I'd, I'd fucking if i had if i had a camera or a man whose only quality was that he had a camera i'd mm -hmm. be shooting this in my backyard right now every time i write a script i'm constantly trying to like i'm trying to like work it down like down it down it down 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 until it is like makeable in somebody's backyard basically like all you need is a place to film and you can like kind of make this work right right even if that means some of the things are going to be like you just set up like a, a desk outside with like a piece of paper on the front of the desk that says police station you know like <laughs> but at least you won't have to have like nine different actors or all the different you know it should only be like two actors or, or maybe even just you know one actor you know and that's like the hardest part is trying to like whittle it down to like the least amount of assets necessary to make it work so when you say like oh i would just be filming this in my backyard like every time you add another person every time you add another location every time you add like a like a monster or a prop or anything like that it gets just a little harder <laughs> that's not to say you shouldn't give it a go though because sometimes like uh what is it uh those like yeah we had to have like a monster and we didn't have like any anybody who would work practical effects for us so we just we had like 15 dollars to, to kill so we spent 15 dollars on like a little pajama suit at our local thrift store and it's just this bunny rabbit pajama suit that the katakuri monster is represented by in the movie hmm. and sometimes you're like god this looks so bad and like it's not going to be threatening at all and then other times it's like while that did not look scary it was charming and kind of fun you remember in samurai cop the lion's head mounted on the wall right i'm sure somebody was like i'd really like it if you had like a lion's head to like show how like tough and menacing they are and they're like well we did get a lion's head we went to the thrift store and found one for like 20 bucks and they just put it up there and it looks silly but it's kind of 
kind of charming and fun, you know? We rented one from Party City. We went to a place and got something similar to what you're looking for. Is this going to work? And the guy was just like, if it's all we got, yeah, then, then just put it in there. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you're budget filmmaking, that's a lot of what it is. And uh, that's my next question. Is this a budget film? Um, I don't. Is it a budget film? It's hard to say because in, in my head where this is like a mountain tourist resort, I'd imagine that that's more expensive to shoot on. But that being said, uh, just because it's set on a mountain doesn't mean you need more than like a couple of trees in your backyard to be able to be like, oh, we're out in the out in the wilderness. You could literally just find a mountain resort, ask them permission to take a couple pictures of it and film a little bit around it. And then the inside of the mountain resort is just a dinky little set you have. Right. Like you never step foot in the actual mountain resort. You just take pictures of the surrounding area and get some video footage of the surrounding area. And then the actual setting of your film is all inside the resort, which is on a dinky little set that you put together. I mean, I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that's one. They, they like even in movies that are like high production value, high budget, you know, they'll still save money by doing exactly that. Right. I'm going to say this is a budget movie. I was going to say I've definitely never heard of it, but we've already established that it's not an American film. So, of course, I have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. We're all, you know, godless heathens when it comes to foreign film. I mean, I definitely. Well, hey, we're kind of coming up on that time. Uh, do you think you have any last minute, you know, predictions or things you want to say, you know, specific scenes you're hoping to catch or not catch? Um, I'm hoping that there is some wacky comedy. Like, uh, I don't I don't know how to describe it, but there's like, um, do you remember this show that was like, it wasn't Ninja Warrior, but it was like uh, heavily spoofed with like uh, English voiceovers and it's like, right you are, Ken. MXC, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. Yes. So I'm hoping that there is some wacky humor a la MXC. So you're looking, you're hoping that this is Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Yes. Ah, that's, that's exactly it. But like with, <laughs> but like, uh, but with some horror elements. So I'm, I'm actually, uh, I, I'm thinking Kung Pao branded scary movie. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and, you know, we can do whatever we want. Nobody, nobody gives it, nobody listens to this stupid fucking podcast. I can do whatever I like. Uh, <laughs> Do you know who directed this movie? I'll go ahead and tell you his name because I don't want you to. Uh, the, the guy's name is Takashi Mike or Takashi Mike. Are you okay. are you familiar with this director? Do you like him? Fucking Magic Mike? Love him. Incorrect. You do love this director because the same year or maybe the year previous to this one, he directed a movie that I know is near and dear to your heart. Good old. Samurai Cup? No, 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 no. You, you want another guest? You want another guest? Is that no, no. That, that's, that's all I got. Oh, okay. He did good old Itchy the Killer. No shit. All right. Yeah. So you know there's going to be some like wacky fucking outfits for sure. God, I really Well, so that's the thing, man. The director, while he does get to choose like the, the people, you know, that he works with generally, you know, he gets to have some say in that. And obviously he gets to have a lot of input on like I want him to look like this, I want him to dress like that. The costume designer is a huge part of making things look the way they look, you know? Like he or or she, they that person really does put in a ton of work. So if we don't have the same costume designer for these two movies, you know, it might not have that same level of drip. Mm, that's fair. Also, I think uh, I think the other one being based off an anime was uh, probably going to be more outlandish in its uh, costume design anyways. Is this based off of something? Or is oh, this just its own standalone hey, thing? Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Prediction <laughs> time is over, buddy boy. Oh, fuck me. All right. You screwed yourself. You should have heard Japan and immediately said, it's it's based on an anime. It's based on a manga. It's based on, uh, I, I don't know, some sketch somebody made on an old oil painting. 
painting from ye olden years. Yeah, you remember that painting that's just like a really weirdly designed wave? It's just based on that. Yeah, it's just the way. It's just, I think it's called the tsunami. It's just the tsunami, you know? That's it. Uh, uh. No, you fucked up, fuck boy. You don't get to fucking just, you know, I, I say Takashi Mike or Takashi Mike or Magic Mike or whatever his name is, and you're like, oh, well, oh manga anime. I, well, I just remember he didn't invent it. He didn't invent manga anime movies. He didn't do that. <laughs> Piece of shit. You disgust me with your lackluster prediction skills. How dare you? You are an insult to this podcast, Mr. Half a Bagel. I mean, it's true. I fucked up. I, Never uh, have you on ever again. No, it's fine. I'll, I'll do uh, an apology video and then uh, kill myself. And uh, <laughs> you'll just, you'll have to get another guy on for your podcast. You'll never see me again. Not, not around here. <laughs> you'll go, <laughs> you'll quit this job to go and work putting up banners for different races. For, <laughs> specifically, uh, automobile races. Uh, not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not advertising. It's like, hmm, you should try. <laughs> Black people are pretty cool. <laughs> That's all. And then a white person comes up and is like, where's my white people are pretty cool banner? <laughs> oh, we're writing better political commentary than we have any right to write. Oh, man. Damn, I'm, I'm fucking I'm nailing it on the moon here, man. All right. Well, hey, we've already gone too far and said too much, as we do every time we open our mouths. Uh, we're just going to go ahead and call it right here, and we'll, we'll go and we'll watch the movie. We'll see it for ourselves. And then when we come back, you'll have seen it for yourself, and God will have seen it for himself. Even if he didn't want to watch it, he'll be watching it. And uh, and we'll talk We'll talk about it. Me, me you, and uh, a half-eaten bagel. Yeah. Yeah. is okay to stop as long as you keep on going and that's what we did what we're, ba we're back from the movie oh well yeah all right well when you put it that way yeah well i just thought because from the song in the movie there was a uh, this movie was a lot more musical than i thought it would be it's like marketed as a musical. no i get that but like i read like horror musical in my mind i'm like horror musical mostly horror like horror is just a strong genre choice i felt quite the opposite actually i was like horror musical and then like there were parts of it that i I suppose were horror but in the end i kind of just felt that this movie transcended genres <laughs> like it's kind of its own fucking thing it is hard to pin down exactly what this movie is doing because i don't know i i guess when we see those like uh what's the word for it those like practical effects that are claymation sort of style you know what i mean it, it just immediately it's the kind of thing when you see it you're just immediately like what the fuck is this where does this fit in in the chronology of filmmaking i mean it's not even the stop motion which I, I do want to touch back on at some point. Right. Because it, it doesn't like wait for that. You know what I mean? It's not like something that like they pop it out to like surprise you. They, they, they give it to you right away. They start with a whole fucking opening sequence and then like cut back to it multiple times in multiple different like styles. It's not the stop motion that bugs me. Uh, and I don't even sit, like really think bugs me is like the correct thing here. But the, like the reason I think this isn't like this doesn't fit neatly into a genre because like a lot of the time I just didn't know how to describe what was going on like in a way that was you know like that there was definitely horror aspects there was definitely comedy aspects and they sang a lot so i guess them's the three genres but it was just wild how they meshed them and there was like an attempt at a romance story even though right there wasn't really romance to it it was more like like a con job yeah that is one thing like i i feel really conflicted about the mother character she is like supposed to be very interested in romance and love and everything 
thing. And I'm like, uh, you know, that's kind of played out for like a, a female lead. But, you know, I don't hate the way that it's done here because it's mostly just sort of to add a little bit more spice in a different way for a character to show up at the uh, the inn and die, you know? Right. If anything, it kind of, the, the, the troubling part about that mother character is just like, I wouldn't be as opposed to her behavior if she didn't have a kid. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's, and I mean, that's fine if that's how the character is, is like meant to be or whatever. It's just, I don't, I don't think any of that, it, it makes her like tragically a mother, I guess, to be so like desperate for male company. Well, I mean, I don't know. Being a single mom is a hard job and, and you know, she's obviously had to rely on her parents and her grandparents to, you know, support herself and to, you know, find a way in life and, you know, things are, things are tough for her. So it's not as if like, you know, things are ideal and she's just like, yeah, everything's going perfectly for me and I'm desperate for love. It's like things are tough. Oh, I mean, no, I get that. It's just, I don't think it's particularly good for the kid, you know? I don't, I don't know how I feel about that exactly. I'm, I'm 50-50 on that, but like, uh, Fair enough. I guess the, the movie is trying to sort of age down the mother character and the uncle character. I thought the uncle character looked like way young, you know? Yeah, like the, the, the mom character seems weirdly older than him, but it might be just because he doesn't have a kid. You know what I mean? I mean, it might be, but his just like his, the, the way he looked, and I don't know how, like they didn't attach an age to these people. So it's hard to say. We really just know where they sit in the family. Um, So I mean, uncle really just means like his position in the family, but boy, he looked like fucking freshly 17. I think he's supposed to be like, I don't know, maybe like early to mid 20s because he does a large part of his character is kind of like being uncertain and not exactly trustworthy and like he's still got learning and growing to do and I think that's usually associated with somebody in the age bracket of like you know 15 to 25 like somewhere in there you know what I mean mm -hmm. and especially in in Japan where like you're kind of seen as like older when you're young and younger when you're old you know what I mean right so like 25 is like oh you're still young you've got plenty of time and like 15 is like you're an adult now you're a grown ass man so like so I think that's like where he's supposed to be in that like weird ambiguous age like oh he's 15 you know he's still in school but he had a job and things went poorly or he's 25 he's a grown man and like you know he's still got some learning to do but he had a job and things went poorly I'm not sure when a good time to bring this up is and I also don't know whose job it is necessarily but boy whoever's making these choices for the fucking title card like if, if this is Magic Mike's doing like boy does he have it fucking down that is one of the things that the director has very direct control over is it all right yeah so I think that is just his like stylistic flair of like yeah I'm gonna put the title card in a cool place I mean I just I thought it was really neat like I I like this one it's definitely no fucking title coming out of fucking plant jizz from fucking uh itchy yeah from the itchy movie but boy like they're just it's cool I liked it too I didn't I didn't find it nearly as like uh memorable as the itchy one though it, it wasn't as memorable but it like it was similar enough that like if you hadn't told me that this was itchy the killer I'd have been like damn that's like because it's kind of the same reveal so it's like he's definitely got a style that he's aiming for yeah I, I think it is like good for this movie because it is kind of like oh you know they're having they're, they're having troubles at their home and they're trying to figure it out and then it shows the like what is it like the storage bin or whatever or the storage locker or whatever it's called and they they have the happiness of the katakuri is like painted onto the side and then it sort of disappears and it's like it's sort of sad and somber and then also like scary and I, th I think that like I think that does a lot to push the the spooky was there a uh do you remember the first time you were like oh this is very clearly a comic um when uh when the father is on the swings and um he shoots like off screen and 
uh, clearly he's meant to like have fallen into a puddle or a lake or a river or something like that. And it's just like a death charge went off and fucking the <laughs> that's what I was like, oh, we're fucking going hard in it. I think that is the correct answer. But for me, I'm willing to let stuff like that go at the beginning of a horror film because I'm a big Sam Raimi fan and I love the Evil Dead. So like a lot of horror films is sort of setting up the like quality time and the fun between all the characters. So you're like, oh, they're having fun. They're having quality time. They're enjoying each other. And in a Sam Raimi movie, you could expect like a wacky gag like that, you know? Right. And then midway through the movie, people are getting chopped up into a million pieces. The moment I realized this was a comedy for me, where it was like, it went too far, was when they walked in on the guy who had committed suicide and they all just start taking poses immediately. And then the music starts blaring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God damn. Like that is, I don't know how much this movie was inspired by JoJo's, but it feels like a lot. They're taking those like supermodel poses on the ground and they're doing like, oh, by, by the way, the uncle had all the best dance. Yes, I was gonna, I was just about to bring that up as soon as you were done talking there. It was like, uh, there was definitely a disconnect in like how much energy they were all willing to put into dancing. Yeah, yeah. Because like, like the, yeah, the dad and the grandfather were always like, kind of like out of sync and like off step and, and, and like that's fine and all. But the fucking, the uncle, like he just, he put it all down. Like just everything they taught him in dance school. He was like, this is my only chance. Like this, this is gonna, this is where I'm gonna get my money. <laughs> I have got to fucking get there. I, I like, I don't know why I look at like Japanese acting as being like a little bit more self-serious and a little bit more like, even when they're doing stuff that's wacky and over the top, they're like, yeah, I'm going to deliver this. Like it's like, it is a legitimate line. That's very serious. Something you could hear in Hamlet, you know? Right. And in this movie, I was blown away by their willingness to like, you know, still, still some semi-seriously, but like, you know, faithful to the role more, I would say, you know, like they're, they're faithful to their character. They're faithful to their role but they're willing to get wacky with it and get like overly expressive and get like you know like really really have fun you know and I, I I guess I haven't seen that a lot in in Japanese film as or as much as I would like to you know right god what was his name Roger do you remember Roger the captain oh yes uh Richard oh it's Richard is it Richard my bad R Richard Sagawa or something like that and like boy fucking every time he pressed that story further I was like god fuck me dude <laughs> it's oh I'm the, the part that like, I immediately had to, like, pause the movie and be like, what the fuck? Is what he's like, I'm in the, I'm in the U.S. Navy. More specifically, the British Navy. And I'm like, no, 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 that's, that's not more specific. You've actually cloudied the whole fucking thing, but do go on. Oh, and my, my sister, uh, or my, my aunt is, is Queen Elizabeth herself. Oh, if only I'd have been there for Diana. Yeah, I love how he, like, tried to, oh, Diana, what a tragedy. I was, I was out, I was deployed at the time, you know, out, out at sea, you know, saving the country uh, i wish i was home saving diana <laughs> god damn there are so many so many good bits i i love how the great grandfather has that like log that he's constantly using as his main weapon i mean he's he's got it like fucking so he takes out two birds over the course of the fucking movie which is dope enough the second of which was entirely unnecessary <laughs> oh yeah no just we had to i don't know i mean i guess you pay for a cgi bird you want to get your use out of it yeah fucking double down let's go <laughs> <laughs> but fucking um yeah as soon as he 
he finds out that Richard's a piece of shit. And then he like slowly lifts the log into the frame. And I'm like, you fucking bonk him, motherfucker. But yeah, man, R- Richard had that riz though, man. He would he would throw those legs up. That's that's what I've learned from this movie. If I learn nothing else from this movie, it's that throwing your legs up on a balcony or a set of stairs or something like that is the way to a woman's heart every time. Oh, yeah. You fucking slap those bad boys up there and they're going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't know. I didn't know I was in love right now. I um, I also love the dance scene that follows that shit, like with the fucking 50 people that all come to be a part of it. I was watching it with Ashley and she's like, clearly you don't love me if you can't like float into the sky about it. Oh, God. I love how uh, the first dance scene takes place in like this beautiful pastel colored kind of uh, like city square or town center or something like that. Right. The second one takes place at a literal dumpster. <laughs> like at a literal fucking... The trash flying around and stuff, by the way, got, got our Coca-Cola product placement. It just wasn't where I was uh, expecting it. I was genuinely shocked to see Coca-Cola. Like, God damn! <laughs> but yeah, with the trash flying around everywhere, and um, I don't know if there was like a mistranslation, but I think just a little bit before that, when uh, when Richard shows up to the house and, and she's like pressing him for something, and he, he just stops and after a dramatic pause, he's like, I want to eat. And I'm like, what the fuck? I, I mean, I'm not certain that's even a mistranslation. There are a lot of mistranslations here. Like, and, and we're only saying we think these are mistranslations. I'm sure in the year 2001 or 2002, people translating Japanese to English know what the fuck they're doing. But we've had this problem before, so I'm sure we're having it now. There's like a, they call the place the White Lovers. Uh... Yeah, I, I was not thrilled with that name and was hoping that it was a translation error. I was like, is it supposed to be White Lotus maybe? Or like White, uh, or like uh, Light, Light Romance? You know, maybe maybe the white is meant to be like, it's light. It's like not, not heavy or something. Or, uh, yeah, the uh, uh, the innocent lovers, perhaps, you know, like yeah, white, like yeah. a wedding dress or something. Or yeah, I bet it's one of those words that like is contextual. Yeah. Uh, and then there was the part where like the uh, the uncle gets like stabbed and he like turns to his sister and he's like, sister, you're a total babe. And I'm like, Ugh. is that supposed to be like, sister, you're a real catch? Because the next thing he says is like, keep trying. You're a real babe. Keep trying. I'm like, you're a real catch. Keep trying to like find yeah. a, a romantic option. You know, like it's it's one of those where like the there uh, you're a real catch doesn't like translate perfectly from English to Japanese. Maybe I don't know. You're a real babe, sis. Like. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> there were like a million of these but i i could see i want to eat you and the like innuendo there being like not not perfect but like it's as close as we can get oh sure and like i want to lick you all over and like the closest thing they could get was i want to eat you and like somebody was like no that that does kind of work in in, in english and they're like all right good enough anyways white lovers in and like eh, let's keep working on that <laughs> or maybe the last one they were willing to work on was uh i i want to devour you and they're like uh can you just do eat you and they're like yeah no we got a couple more here like uh white lovers and they're like nah 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 just leave the rest of them we don't care we don't have the money oh man how much are they paying these translators who knows no shit fucking um all right so let, let, let's dive into this uh the, their use of stop motion here because there's two very specific situations that i want to point out one of them's not super important but i did like how at the very end of the movie which by the way where they fucking transported into jurassic park world with fucking elephants and giraffes and shit like that that was wild yeah so the part
part that frustrates me about that, let's just start right here really quick and we'll come back to the, the stop motion stuff. Uh, I genuinely thought that the like flood or the volcano like going off or whatever happened there killed them all. And they woke up in paradise, meaning, you know, some kind of an afterlife, whatever they choose to believe in as an afterlife. Right. And I was like, okay, so that's where this movie is going to end. They're in the afterlife and they don't say it's the afterlife, but it's heavily implied because like... But then they're like, and then a year later, grandpa fucking dies. Grandpa dies and then ascends to heaven or ascends to the afterlife in a big beam of light. The Jedi master that he is, he did becomes like fucking uh, ethereal grandpa. And and I, I do like that. So there's like two endings here that I like that they just slapped together and didn't do it in any like <laughs> any like uh, graceful kind of way. They're just like, yeah, let's like have him go to an afterlife and not say that. Oh, okay. And then we'll have the grandpa go to or the great grandfather go to super afterlife. I'm like, uh, wait, wait, no, we can't do that. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I just leave it in. We don't care. <laughs> I like how the ending had him go to the afterlife and everyone said, yay, like go. Yeah, because that is a very Eastern philosophy surrounding death. The idea that like death should be celebrated because the person is moving on to whatever's next and they get to enjoy that and we have to keep trudging through our everyday lives, but they get to go on to the next adventure, whatever that might be. Even if it's nothing, it's better than this shit. And I, I, I liked that and I like that aspect of the end. Right. We're in a the sound of music field with, with all these different animals and a rainbow and all that stuff. Uh, uh, Kind of weird. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, especially right next to that other ending but um so there's this uh there's this point um right at the end there and they've done this throughout the movie where they've like intermingled the live action and the stop motion like during the the uh, cliffhanger scene but right right as the landslide's happening most of the family turns into clay and up until now i've kind of just taken it as like the artistic choice they're going for i got nothing wrong with it but grandpa notices at the fucking end did you catch that yes it, it's so weird how they are willing to have like every character turn like uh into claymation except great grandpa is it, is it like, because he's, he's cognizant of it so it's not even like an artistic choice it's like something that has physically happened to the rest of his family yeah i don't know if it's because like they're afraid of death right now but like he's not or he's afraid of death but they're not like i don't know what it is i mean i'm just chalking it up to like another bit because they did have a they did have a bunch of very strange bits throughout the movie so i don't i don't mind chalking it up to that like uh j just a quick call back to another bit that I thought was funny but they, they fucked up they didn't do it a third time where uh where the dad like wakes up the, the dad sees the zombie and then wakes up he's like oh it's just a nightmare and then he does it again but he didn't do it a third time and he really needed to do it a third time well does the song count as a third time I mean but that's much later in the movie like the three's gotta be back to back back sure 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 well I, I don't know it sometimes it doesn't work out exactly that way and I guess the other argument against this is that it's the whole family seeing the zombies and not just uh, the dad I mean that's true how did you feel about the the mom dad song or the i guess they're the, the grandma grandpa song because remember the grandpa is like the great grandpa actual oh is he yeah this is four tiers of family oh okay okay yeah you have the, the youngest little girl and then you have the the uncle and her mother who are like the the ambiguously aged they could be 30 they could be 20 who knows the what i've been referring to as the mom and the dad are actually the grandfather and grandmother of the young girl yes even though they look incredibly young to be grandparents they do they're 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 newer grandparents. The, that young girl is probably like five years old at most. Oh, sure. I had a lot of fun with it. I definitely am unsure, like, if that's them singing, but they did a good job. Just, like, the cutaway to it being its whole, like, self-encapsulated thing was wild. Did you, uh, uh, did you notice anything about, like, uh, the part where they're, like, most glamorized and they're dancing in front of the disco ball and everything?
anything. What do you mean? The grandfather is wearing almost as much makeup as the grandmother. I missed it. And you don't you don't see that in like like Western versions of this. I I will say they went a little little heavy on the eyeliner and mascara for him. But other than that, it looks really tasteful and like kind of difficult to notice. That's funny. If you look at eyes, you can tell like oh my god, that man's lashes are luscious. I just thought that that was kind of cool and like interesting. Like hey, we're gonna make him look glamorous too because she's looking glamorous. He's gonna look glamorous. Oh for sure. I thought that was kind of neat. In general, I think that's my favorite song of the movie too. I just think it's a lot of fun. I think it's like a nice loving kind of homage to their relationship. Uh, I, I don't know. And also it's like the only song that has like the karaoke aspect to it, which is like very interesting. Yeah, as soon as they were like, sing along with us, I'm like, I don't know the words. And then the fucking karaoke shit shows up on the bottom of the screen. I'm like, oh, I would. I would sing along if I knew how to read this. God damn, they have everything in this movie. <laughs> that's another That's another genre they have to slap in here. It's not just a musical, it's a karaoke musical. That's great. Hard not to love, man. Oh, for sure. I kind of wish that the uh, the youngest daughter had more to do because uh, they sort of tee it up at the beginning. She's sort of giving the narration. She's saying, or it's implied that she's giving the narration. She's saying like, hey, these are my parents, or this is my mom. Uh, this is my uncle. That's my uh, grandfather. That's my grandmother. That's my great-grandfather. And this is what they're all like. And I don't, I don't love that kind of like, let me explain who these characters are really quick for you. I really wasn't happy about the narration in general like especially since it kind of falls flat at the end like it's almost like it, this is the ending to a slice of life anime where they're like you know and sometimes that's just life hmm. and it's like i we the movie could have done without all of the narration really yeah I, I i i don't find it terribly necessary especially since they kind of like drop it off of the face of the earth for a lot of the movie oh yeah like they they have like three big narrations and i say big just because it's like longer than fucking 10 seconds but um yeah like three times in the movie they decide to do the narration and i i don't know it, it didn't add anything to me if anything like the second time i'm like oh is the whole movie like through the lens of the little girl like is that why they're doing the stop motion shit like i don't know it uh it was a miss for me right there yeah and and other than narrating the little girl really doesn't have anything to do other than like she has a couple of cute jokes like they're like oh save, save some tofu for grandpa he loves tofu and she takes some of the food she had taken out of the pot like and tries to put it back in and they're like oh no not you <laughs> and I'm like, that's that's cute. They found something interesting for her to do in this scene. I did think it was funny that, um, yeah, one of her lines was like, when uh, when Richard is over there, like, oh, I'm so envious of your husband. And the little girl's like, daddy left her for a high schooler. And I'm like, oh, goddamn. Yeah, that is the kind of like uh, volunteering of information that like a five-year-old would do. Right. Oh, that's so embarrassing. Don't say that. But also like, that is exactly what you should say. Because like, secret sort of helping me out here. Right. Helping me score this. This, this jackpot of a man. When he's like expressing how excited he is about like her being single, I love how it like keeps sort of, I guess in that weird staccato kind of way, they just sort of keep without making a cut. Like there's no flash to black and then flash back to uh, the, the real image. It's it's all the real image showing, but it just like flashes him around in different positions. You know what I mean? Right. Like they just have these like small segments of him like in different places, like being like excited and, and showing different emotions and things. Um, as if to imply that he has like a lot of energy and is moving very rapidly. Uh, uh, and I think that that's like a cool effect. I thought, I thought that was like fun and exciting. Right. How did you feel about that whole opening sequence? Which I thought was gonna have like much further ramifications you know what i mean like i thought this was 
going to be where we discover the gremlins or where, you know, where fucking... And it just turned into like, whoever was doing the stop motion was just like fucking around and was like getting their money's worth out of that fucking job there. It does feel like a strange introduction to the movie. It does imply that there's going to be a cyclical nature to the story because the, the pro eats the little gremlin creature and then it, you know, the gremlin creature is reborn in a new egg and then another crow comes and eats it and it's like oh okay this is a story that like repeats itself or like it ends where the beginning starts and right or something about consumption yeah and it feels like instead the only really necessary part of that claymation you know portion of the film is the beginning part where he sees a heart the, the gremlin sees a heart inside that lady's uvula and rips it out and tries to run away with it but then gets eaten that should have been pretty much all we needed because it kind of tells the story of hey when you're searching for love and you're willing to take it wherever you see it it will come back to bite and that's basically the mother's story for the film and she's sort of the catalyst for one part of the plot progression i don't know it's it's weird that that happens and then like the very next thing is a random guy kills a lady on another side of the mount and then sneaks into their place to hop it feels like all these other things sort of happened completely unrelated to that thing unless i missed something but it, it didn't matter what else the other stuff that they did they could have done anything during that time they could have sat around and just been like you know what let's just stay inside and ignore all the people who come to our door and the story would have gone exactly the same way i think it would have been funny if because they had that family that showed up and didn't die and as soon as they're like the kids coughing i i wanted them to be like actually you cannot stay here because your kid's gonna fucking die i i would have liked that joke a little bit better um especially since basically the 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 joke that the the family is used for after that is is kind of like they they catch them digging graves for the family and the family's like we didn't die haha and i i guess that that's like what they're doing here is they're subverting our expectations and basically what you're saying is i noticed that they subverted our expectations and the family didn't die but i would have subverted our expectations in a different way and it's like okay but it, it effectively does the same thing either way it's just a different joke you know so it's not you know they did what you're asking for they just did it in a different way and i don't think it was like bad but i do i remember watching it and thinking i as soon as that kid is like hey, hey i would have been like nope we've had to, we've had too many people die here we uh we're we're all booked up get out of here kid right there was uh while i'm thinking about it too because they just they had some wacky guests and like i guess some not guests god there's that lady in the first group of ladies that just like had her tits on full display underneath that shirt and i didn't fuck i don't get that yeah the like religious people who came through yeah the religious nuts that freaked out about the solar eclipse or something like that yeah uh sort of the the event that starts it all but again it doesn't really have an effect on the family these these types of things sort of need to have like some kind of an effect that's like clear and understood throughout it's a thing that happens and if you forgot about it it doesn't really change anything it's not like well why are these horrific things happening the answer you could very easily come to is oh the house has always been cursed right yeah it's it's really interesting how like i don't know when i was like it was barely a horror for me it was really like they just it, it seemed like a side story you know like every now and then they just gotta it's like oh god somebody else died now we gotta go bury him and then it's like back to the love story and back to you know my uh the the uncle character got into some trouble and and now the family's gotta stick together and, and uh or the love story between the grandma and the grand oh somebody else died gotta do that again i love how the grandma and grandpa are talking about how like the uncle character isn't that bad and he's actually a pretty good person and he takes after his father and he's got these good qualities to him at the same time as him like trying to use a ladder to like sneak a peek at the man and woman who checked into the hotel to like 
like have some time away from the paparazzi or whatever the hell. Right. I thought that was like a funny juxtaposition kind of joke, but I'm always a, I'm always a big fan of those. So it was written for me. Mm-hmm. I really did like the design of the the zombies. I thought that they looked similar enough to their human counterparts, but different enough to be horrifying. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I, it was definitely they definitely pushed the makeup enough to make them monstrous without you know because they could have just as easily done like the sunken cheeks makeup and that's it but like they definitely all look fucked up i feel like the the overweight guy looked the most fucked up like unfortunately like they really pushed into the whole like no he's been dead and he's gonna you know bloat now and it's like cool but you didn't do that with anybody else yeah and that is like a known phenomenon for dead people like you you die and and your body like expands with like water and whatnot right i really liked all the emotion on display by the grandfather at the end when he's worried that his wife is going to die yeah that was a really good job that he did there yeah i always like those big expressive like no come on please just just anything let her go i'll i'll take her place and everything they they milked that scene for for all it was worth and it shows and it did well i want to talk about the tv bits for a bit because i think this might also be an unfortunate like mistranslation and all that stuff because i'm fairly certain the um the person singing there was not just saying dim bones repeatedly although that would be pretty funny and also like what's with the fucking news reporter where like his brain's getting eaten by that bug like which was also horrific i thought that was gonna be like it happened early enough where i was like oh this is this is the lead up like this is where the horror starts happening but it kind of felt like unrelated you know it was just in there yeah i don't know i think that uh it might have been to imply that all inns are experiencing an issue with this Mm. because like we see it there and then we see at the end of the movie that another inn had a murder at it and the guy escaped so it could have just been like them implying that like all inns are having a problem with the, the supernatural affecting them my favorite part about the tv bits was that i'm fairly certain they used the same actor for the news reporting bit as they did for the singing actress like it was just that same guy in a wig with some lipstick on oh yeah no i think that's what it was and i think that is like that is a very creative way to save some money on like hiring a, a different person to do that like yep let's save some money and not hire another actor and we'll just have this guy put a wig on and throw some lipstick on and there we go i think that's that's fun and cool mm. the ethical question shows up sort of at the end there right where like the question of hey the cops are here we think that we're busted who do we turn in as the sole culprit for this because we're not gonna let the whole family go away who should go away who should take the rap and they kind of go back and forth on like you know the the, the grandfather is like it was my idea to bury the people this is all my fault i should go the great grandfather is like i'm the oldest i don't have that much longer to live i should go away for this and that way you guys can enjoy the rest of your lives and I'll go to jail and die and it'll be fine. Uh, And then of course uh, we have the uncle, the youngest uh, man present. And it's only the men who like offer themselves up by the way. And he's like, yeah, I should go away because I've already had a a run in with the law and this is nothing new to me. I can go to jail for this and it's, you know, I'm fine with it. I wish that they had spent more time on this ethical question and it wasn't a song, but I do appreciate that it was a song. And I also appreciate that the grandfather got to like use his super speed in the song. Like he has like super speed for like a second. He like runs over really quick and leaves like an after image of himself. And it's like, whoa, whoa, (laughs) chill. We didn't know. We didn't know you were Superman. I mean, as for the ethical like dilemma of it, it definitely makes the most sense. If if we agree that only one person is going to take the fall for it, I think it makes the most sense for the for the great grandfather to do it. I think he even brings up his like, I've given my life away once already in the war or some shit like that. It's like, that's dope. I do appreciate uh, the uncle claiming that that's too fantastical and they won't believe that such an old man was able to carry multiple bodies out of this place without anyone noticing and bury them without 
anyone noticing like that's that's a little far-fetched but a younger man like the grandfather or a, a much much younger man like the uh like the uncle they might believe that i thought it was it was a, an interesting amount of like good argumentation in like a couple minute long song you know right i um god i just had something yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. no no it's gone yeah I don't, I don't know i had it in my head and then it's gone you son of a bitch this whole podcast riding on your back and yet you throw us away well you know hey man uh we're kind of we're kind of coming to a uh close on this one was there any last minute things you had to say or anything that you wanted to just go over really quick and and mention uh i know that uh you're the biggest takashi Mike fan takashi mike fan i'm still not sure how to say that name i'm probably gonna google it later and it's gonna be like takashi mk and i'll be like what what you just ignore the eyes <laughs> magic mike Ma- magic Mike. magic okay mm-hmm. <laughs> the eyes turn into m's we were such fools i will say there uh there are still a lot of those like loving choices made in this movie like in uh itchy the killer where it's like hey we're just gonna do this for fun and like if it looks kind of silly it looks kind of silly but if it doesn't it'll be super sick you know right i also think they did a really good job of creating a sense of family you know i really felt like this was a family who were all like interesting characters in their own right and uh they were just trying to get by and uh, i think that's hard to sell but they did it Mm. well uh we will go ahead and wrap this one up in a nice and tidy bow and call it a day here uh for the for the see for yourself podcast and the and the happiness of the katakuris i might have to do some clever editing for this part but it does seem like the happiness that they're like talking about the happiness of the katakuris because the only time that the word happiness is used is during the portion that the uh the great grandfather is singing yeah actually that's uh there was a point where uh i don't know i feel like they only mentioned it once when talking about the mother character like her name was like uh i forget her first name but they do bring up her entire name and it 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 ends up being katakuri and um i don't know if that's just something i was supposed to take for i did take it like as what i was supposed to understand going into the movie but the fact that they bring it up at some point makes me wonder if i was supposed to know that but yeah like i would have been happier with the narration if they tied it back into the happiness thing so they only say happiness one time in the movie and it's when the great grandfather is singing and he specifically says i know what happiness is people should laugh at your funeral people should be smiling at your funeral and ultimately that is what he gets when he dies at the end of the movie people are like yeah yay they're like jumping and cheering and 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 they seem happy so the happiness of the katakuris does seem to be happiness at a funeral and enthusiasm at a funeral um or in response to a death Uh, and i guess because this movie has so much to do with death and it's a comedy and it's like a like every time a character dies like it's usually played off for like fun and gags and, and and silliness so i think that the movie is trying to argue for enthusiasm and happiness in the face of death but yeah we'll just go ahead and call it a day there oh what uh one last thing actually uh that's what i was thinking of i'm not sure if this is something because i remember in house remember how they like made uh entirely too big a deal about how fat fucking mac was when she like kind of wasn't so in this one like we have like uh an actual heavy set guy and they make a whole deal about like oh he's never gonna fit out the hallway i'm like motherfucker he walked up the stairs and down the hallway himself like what do you mean he won't fit out the hallway i think they they just meant it would be a colossal effort to carry him out oh okay okay i guess that does make more sense that's why they ended up using a rope and pulley system i just i just think that uh perhaps in these japanese films they are a touch more unkind to overweight people than like uh is necessary sometimes 
sometimes. Oh, I think that's also true. The the sumo wrestler character, or what I'm assuming is a sumo wrestler character, because they call him like, oh, he's a celebrity. He was on the sports channel. Oh, did they? I didn't want to. I I must have missed that part because I didn't want to like say the wrong thing there. Be like, oh, he's clearly supposed to be a sumo wrestler. I mean, look at look, he's fat and look at how he's dressed. And I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Maybe he's just a fat guy. Yeah, no, I think that I think that the movie was trying to imply that without saying it. Um, but uh, uh, he is one of the only people who actually kills someone in the movie. Yeah. Like, even uh, even when they, like, throw that rock on top of uh, Richard's head, like, that doesn't kill him. He, he like, scrambles back into the house and everything and calls 119, which is 911 in Japan, in case you don't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, if you paid attention, he was dialing 119, and uh, that, that's 911 in Japan. But, uh, yeah, uh, uh, he didn't die from getting hit in the head with the rock or even the fall. It was, I mean, technically those things did kill him, but it was from him, like, wandering back to their house and then trying to make a call from there that caused him to die. If he had reached somebody for help sooner than that, he would have been fine. So technically, I guess, the mother does kill him. But it's a much more delayed death. And uh, the sumo wrestler actually kills the lady by laying on top of her and her asphyxiating after he, like, went into cardiac arrest from an orgasm, question mark? Mm. That's what the movie seems to be implying, anyway. But yeah, I, I agree. I do think that in Japanese culture, like, being more rotund is definitely demonized or at least if we only use our film knowledge that definitely seems to be what's uh implied here mm. yeah <laughs> i mean in america it's true too i guess we're just not as uh sensitive to it maybe i'm not sure there's definitely a lot of movies that are like like goddamn uh that you ever watch the duff i have not it's it's the duff is the designated ugly fat friend Ooh. the actress they picked to play the duff in the movie is a gorgeous young lady like she's a beautiful young lady she is you know how like a doctor will tell you like hey young girl you're five foot ten you should be at most 130 pounds i'm just making up numbers here i don't know right 130 pounds is like uh that feels like it's an impossible number for me to reach i'm normally around 145 you know like your, your doctor will tell you that your like healthiest weight is about 15 pounds what your like typical weight is you know what i mean right so she seems like that exact description where like she's a perfectly healthy everything is like a-okay with her body and everything but her doctor still tells her like you could you could spare to lose 10 pounds and uh you know i think we've all been there where we go to the doctor and he's like you could spare to lose another 10 pounds and you're like i don't know i feel like i'm at the healthiest i've been in a long time come on um, i don't know I'm, I'm kind of going on a tirade here but like yeah i like go ahead and give it a google like look at the leading actress for duff or the duff and you'll see like yep we definitely demonize <laughs> but anyways you've tried to end this episode three times now so uh yeah i uh i don't mean to you know keep us on the hook here but somebody i just keep on coming up with shit to talk about we'll call it a day here and we'll uh we'll move on to the next one and everything will be good and happy and we'll we'll stop occasionally but we'll never uh inhibit progress we'll always be progressing towards something some for yourself oh i was gonna thing for myself yeah weren't we all aren't we all <laughs> aren't aren't we oh well yeah fucking hell I'm gonna go finish my other half of this bagel.